0: Hello my friends, welcome to God Ho Ho Goes Geek for a special Christmas episode. I hope you're all having a very Merry Christmas, whatever you're doing. If you're not listening to this on Christmas, maybe I'll give you an idea for a future future watch at Christmas because I'm going to explain why I think that Shazam is a perfect Christmas movie. Hope you'll join me. Should be an interesting one. Now I will say there seems to be a lot of debate about what makes a Christmas film. Um, you know the the eternal one that everyone debates is Die Hard. You know, does Die Hard count as a Christmas film purely because it takes place at Christmas, or is it a Christmas film because of its own merit? And I think it takes more than a film simply being set at Christmas to be a Christmas film. And I don't think it necessarily needs a film to be released at Christmas for it to be a Christmas film. You know, um, Shazam was not released around Christmas. It was released in the summer. Um, And obviously, you know, we do tend to feel more Christmassy in December. So that does tend to be when Christmassy films are released but Shazam is set at Christmas, but I don't think it's a Christmas film just because it's set at Christmas. I think it's a Christmas film because of a lot of the, the tone and message that it portrays. So what I'm going to do is I've, I've looked up, um, you know, in a sort of scientific method in the same way that I did with my, um, you know, who's the best Batman, um, episode. I've looked up what makes some of the most essential elements of great holiday movies the sort of things that make you think yes this is a christmas film and i've got seven essential elements and then i want to go on and argue why i think all of these elements are present in shazam okay so element one is nostalgia there's a lot of Christmas films that have a nostalgia uh, for the past, for childhood, uh, for a simpler time, an easier time. You know, there's a, there's a lot of nostalgia in, you know, holiday movies. The second key element is magic. And I think, you know, there is a lot of magic in good Christmas films. Obviously, there's the the obvious ones, such as any film that involves Santa, such as Santa Claus the Movie, Miracle on 34th Street, uh, Elf. Um, but I think even things like Home Alone still have some magic to them and some charm to them. Third is family. Christmas is all about family, and this does also tie into the nostalgia element. Um You know, most of the best holiday Christmas films generally focus on family, the idea of a character coming back to their family, reconnecting with family or spending time with their family. You know, to use other examples, there's something like Home Alone. Kevin is uh, isolated for most of the film but he wants his family back and he learns to value his family. Um, you know, John McClain does everything he does in Die Hard because he's trying to rescue his wife. You know, it's all about family. That makes it sound like I've uh, just sampled Dominic Toretto. <laughs> the fourth is atmosphere now i think it's quite hard to deny that any film that takes place at christmas has a holiday atmosphere and evokes christmas in that respect but i think it's more than that i think there is a certain element of you know the you know the sort of the atmosphere of giving the atmosphere of christmas which i think needs to be present in good christmas movies and i think there are Some Christmas movies that I'm not a huge fan of because they lack atmosphere. Um, One that springs to mind is Jingle All the Way. There is a lot of things I like about that movie, but it is not a particularly atmospheric Christmas movie. (laughs) The fifth one is holiday tropes and cliches now obviously um again anything set at christmas is generally going to feature a lot of these tropes and cliches what would you what would you say by like holiday tropes and cliches obviously things like santa is um you know a, a very obvious one the whole idea of the spirit of giving um any sort of learning a lesson you know things like it's a wonderful life where you know the whole thing is he learns the lesson of, of why the world is better with him in it you know so much of that and, and a lot of these tropes and cliches do come from other previous holiday movies holiday christmas movies so obviously there's elements of that where you get those callbacks to things six is hope because all good christmas movies are hopeful if you're shedding tears at a christmas movie it's usually happy tears things are happy and lovely you know christmas films good holiday christmas films should always end on a on a hopeful note um you know and obviously you know due to narrative circumstance things can be bleak at certain points in the in the film you know there's no denying that that that's going to happen but things are still things still evoke a a certain hopeful atmosphere throughout the film and then the final one is redemption you know, there's always um, some sort of redemption of a character. Um, you know, to go back to some previous examples: um, Santa Claus the movie, the um, Dudley Moore's elf character learns that he is he's better where he is, um, and that he should go back to the North Pole and work with Santa again. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas, you know, Jack learns that he's better where he is in Halloween Town, and he shouldn't take santa he's kind of redeemed himself in the eyes of everyone there and kind of makes peace with santa at the end um kevin is redeemed for the bad thoughts that he had about his family you know um john mclean is redeemed um instead of you know the the being the estranged husband and you know comes back to his wife and his, his his wife and his children you know there there is a redemptive element in a lot of these character journeys And so I want to take the next however long. I don't expect this to be a particularly long episode. And while I am focusing in a lot more than I have on some previous reviews, um, because I am trying to make a case here, um, you know, this is still my loosely structured style. But uh, So I don't know how long exactly I'm going to be... Uh, arguing this point for, but I want to argue that all of those essential elements of great holiday movies are present in Shazam. And as a result of them being present in Shazam, sometimes more than once, they make them a good Christmas movie. So, hopefully you'll join me for this one. Right, so I'm going to explain a little bit about what Shazam is. Um, As a film in itself Because obviously there's some people out there Who might not know Um, So Shazam as a film Is based on the comic book character Owned by DC Comics called Captain Marvel uh, Later renamed Shazam As a character originally published by Fawcett Comics The film Shazam is essentially a child Who is able to With the utterance of the magic word Shazam To become a superhero uh, a very Superman archetype superhero, um, able to fly, super strong, he's invulnerable, but he also has lightning powers um, because he's magic based. Also able to zip around quite fast as well, um, and I think in, it's described as your yeah, Shazam is based on it's like the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, stamina of Atlas power of zeus the courage of achilles and the speed of mercury so it's based on all these kind of classic greek heroes um heroes and gods now the movie focuses on um billy batson the child titular uh, child of the film he is um played by asher angel he is a He's in the foster care system in Fawcett City in Philadelphia. And he is continuing to try and search for his birth mother to the point that he keeps running away from every family he's placed with. Um, He got separated from his birth mother at a carnival 10 years ago. And he keeps trying to, you know, escape from his foster family and then escape from any police that chase him, all to try and find his mother. And he's he's got like a list of women he keeps trying... continually unsuccessful unfortunately there's one home that's still able to take him which is a group home run by victor and rosa vasquez and they were foster children themselves um, and they now run a foster home there's a group home and there's five other children there there's mary bromfield who's the oldest uh, Pedro Pena, Eugene Choi, Darla Dudley, and uh, Freddie Freeman. Freddie is about the same age as Billy, and they make quite good friends. Freddie is also um, disabled, but he's also a superhero enthusiast. You know, he's he's totally mad on superheroes. He's he's got memorabilia from Superman and Batman and all these other DC heroes. Massive superhero fan, and yeah. That's that part of it. The villain of the film is a character called uh, Thaddeus um, He, When he was a child, um, he was being harassed by his brother and father, father uh, while driving in a snowstorm and ended up finding himself transported to the Rock of Eternity where a wizard um, has been searching for someone pure of heart to bestow his champion, uh, to bestow his powers on to become the champion because his previous champion unleashed the seven deadly sins into the world. Uh, Thaddeus was tempted by the sins who promised him power if he freed them. And so the wizard deemed Thaddeus unworthy and returned him to the car, which that led to an accident which wounded him and wounded his father. Um. Thaddeus now, as a grown man, is trying to find and free the Sins because they've been in contact with him and they've promised him power. The Sins end up being freed because Savannah is able to get back into the Rock of Eternity and he takes the power of the Sins for himself. Um, as a result, the wizard now has to find a new champion quite quickly and he chooses Billy. Billy be- uh, is able to become the champion by saying the name Shazam, turns into the superhero Shazam, um, Manages to, the superhero version is played by Zachary Levi in uh, quite an amazing suit. Um, You know, it is padded, but it it does look pretty cool. I I like the Shazam suit. Um, And initially, he only really tells Freddy. um, And it's one of the things that sort of helps Freddy and him bond, because Billy, again, is still trying to find his mother. He's still trying to get away uh, from the family obviously as things go on he tries to work out what his powers are freddy tries to help him they make a youtube channel and then of course there's all the classic sort of things that you get in a film like big for example where it's like oh now he's got the appearance of an adult body oh they'll go and buy beer and they'll try beer or he'll sneak into a strip you know he'll go into a strip club because he can um just to see what happens you know so things like that are, are, are all part of it and it's quite funny but obviously posting the viral videos and things like that um and you know becoming a he becoming known as like a personality and a hero attracts savannah's attention so savannah then comes along attacks billy um savannah ends up deducing his identity ends up taking his foster family hostage uh billy agrees to transfer his powers to savannah to save his family um but the children Um, You know, the other foster kids, they break off They kind of help Billy And so Billy is able to transfer his powers as champion To the rest of the foster kids So Dala, Mary, Pedro, Eugene and Freddy And they all become similar adult superheroes like him So they become the Shazam family Or Shazamily uh, As I've also seen it called, which I do like It's like the Ant-Fam. It's like it's a good shortened nickname. I like it. Um, So the family then end up fighting the Sins and Savannah in this big final battle, which is taking place during a Christmas market. Um, They manage to leave Savannah vulnerable by separating him from the Sins, which is how they're able to defeat him, um, defeat the Sins, and save the day. Along the way, there's also uh, moments where... Billy does actually meet his mother and he finds out that she actually deliberately abandoned him, um, which is quite sad, but obviously that doesn't stop him from becoming a superhero. Um, And, you know, he finally decides to, you know, become part of the foster family himself. And he embraces the family as his, his real family. Um, And yeah, it's just nice. There's a lot of touching stuff in this movie. It's a very good superhero movie. It's one of the best ones that DC have done, um, as I will speak about in a, in a later episode uh, that I had hoped to have out by now, but is going to be coming out in the new year now. Um, so, yeah, it's a decent, decent film, decent superhero story. Um, and obviously, as you could tell, it focuses quite heavily on the themes of family Uh, And there's some nice contrast as well between Billy and Savannah um, as both of their their relationships to their own families um, and things like that. Obviously, Billy, um, a foster child who has been abandoned and is desperate to try and get back to his real family. And then, of course, you've got Savannah, who is raised by his father with his brother, but is abused horribly by them to the point that he just wants to get away from them. So yeah, there's some nice parallels and thematic parallels there, which make for a good movie. But so yeah, the movie itself is good. But how does it? how is it a Christmas movie? So let's go through the points I made earlier and let's try and work out why Shazam is a Christmas movie. So the first pillar that I had earlier Actually, the first pillar I had was nostalgia, but let's not start with nostalgia. Let's start with something more obvious. Let's go for the holiday tropes and cliches. Now, like I said, Shazam is set at Christmas. It's very obviously set at Christmas. There is a Christmas market, which is where the main final battle of the film takes place. It's like a Christmas market, fair, um, there's amusement park rides, there's a Ferris wheel that takes place in the big action scene um against the seven sins um there's a fight scene in the mall so obviously the mall is packed full of christmas shoppers um at one bit apparently um it was actually some members of the crew who got caught on film and so they just cgi'd a whole load of um christmas shopping bags into their hands um over the equipment that they were all holding (laughs) which i thought was pretty cool um but you know, there's, there's part of the battle ends up in a toy shop, and obviously, there's you know lots of discussion there about what's going on. And uh, uh, you know, the fact that it's Christmas, people are buying, uh, you know, running around buying toys and everything like that. That Shazam even picks up a giant Batman toy and throws it at Savannah. There is even Santa Claus. Uh, not the real one, obviously, um, although he is a character in DC Comics, I believe. I know he definitely is in Marvel Comics. In fact, in Marvel Comics, he's a mutant and has superpowers, and and that's how they explain how he's able to do the whole traveling everywhere on one night to give all the kids toys. Um, but yeah, Santa Claus... Um, you know, there's a mall Santa, or, or like the, the Santa for the funfair attraction. I think he's the mall Santa as well. I think it's the same Santa in the mall fight, and then obviously later on, like they they crash into him both times, and he he ends up giving um, uh, a very expletive laden speech about what happened on the news, uh, which is one of the best moments towards the end of the film. Um, but you know, he's just a, a traditional mall Santa. But obviously he appears in several of the major action sequences as one of the characters that needs to be sort of saved, um, you know, and and not end up a victim during those scenes. But more than that, because as cool as that bit is, that, that bit itself is great. But there's also a moment where when the superheroes have become adults later on, they all still act like they're kids. But especially Dala. Dala is the youngest of the children, and it shows. Like she's, um, she's got a real childlike naivety. Um, you know, she's she's very excitable. She's she makes a, a big point in part of the film that the the others manage to work out that Billy is Shazam, and she already knew by accident. Like she found out by accident. And so she's really proud of herself that she didn't spoil it, like she didn't tell the secret, like they worked it out by themselves. So, you know, very traditional young child, you know, everyone's kid sister, basically. And in this, there's a there's a point where she becomes a superhero and the the actress playing the older version of her is brilliant like at capturing that real sort of childlike glee um uh, of the character um and i'll find the find the name of the actress cuz she does a brilliant job um and i want to give her a shout out um yeah megan good megan good playing the superhero version of Dala, and she's, she's she captures that that real childlike essence that Dala has so well, and I think it works. It works really well in contrast because obviously there's there's times where Asher Angel and Zachary Levi can feel almost like two different characters, um, because Billy is quite moody, um, whereas Shazam is quite optimistic. But the superhero version of Dala, that's definitely Dala in both forms, and um, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she goes up to Santa after saving him and was like, are you the real Santa? I've been really good. You know? So it's it's the, the kid going up to Santa and saying that they've been really good so that they can get all their Christmas presents. It's the complete trappings of the season and the cliche and it works really well and it's just a small touch because there's so much else going on um so it's just a small touch but it works really really well for me anyway um and obviously this ties into the themes of atmosphere you know there is a holiday atmosphere i think there's even some christmas carols that play during the the film um you know, I'm pretty sure on the soundtrack there are some actual Christmas songs. You know, there's there's shots with Christmas trees. Um, you know, obviously there's the bit in the mall. You know, it's still set during, like, the... You know, it's set during the Christmas season, but it's like they're still at school, so it's in the run-up to Christmas. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the traditional score... There's. The Traditional film score by Benjamin Walfish, um, and obviously, there's certain nail drop uh, needle drops. There's not as many Christmassy needle drops, but there is definitely Do You Hear What I Hear by Bing Crosby. That one does play at one point in the movie. A lot of the others are kind of pop songs, um, like for example, there's um. The Tom Waits cover of "I Don't Want to Grow Up" by the Ramones that plays during the credits, um, as well as in the film itself. But it's like there's not many other Christmassy songs. So, but there are still, you know, there's snow on the ground, there's Christmas trees, everyone's wrapped up, bundled for the the winter. Um, You know, I think there's even a scene where Victor and Rosa are decorating the Christmas tree in the in the group house in the Vasquez house. So. There's a definite Christmas theme and atmosphere that runs through everything. Now, magic. Magic obviously plays a big part. You know, this is a superhero film. He's a superhero powered by magic, literally fighting the seven deadly sins. But that's too obvious. That's not holiday magic. So I suppose... You'd have to look at like what is the def? How would you define Christmas magic? Um, and you know, obviously, there's the the obvious things like you know the snowflakes, twinkling lights, carols, rosy cheeks, etc. But there's also things like acts of kindness and you know the feelings of like love and joy. That you get at Christmas Which I think are the real kind of magic About the season And There are elements of that here In fact the movie actually ends On uh, a real act of kindness For one of the um, For the final scene of the film And that is because obviously Freddie Has made it known to Freddie's a victim Essentially because of his disability And because of You know um, superhero obsession and he's kind of a bit of a social outcast at the school and obviously he's a foster child as well so yeah he gets picked on and as a result of him getting picked on you know he announces quite proudly to his bullies that he knows shazam although he doesn't call him shazam he calls him like Captain Lightning or whatever it is There's a running joke throughout the film Of them not knowing what Shazam's name is So calling him a whole load of other things um, And he says, you know, he knows who he is And so they couldn't He's going to join him for lunch And then At that point in the movie Or shortly after that point in the movie Billy and Freddie have a bit of a falling out um, Obviously just before the, the fight with Savannah and that leads to, obviously, Billy not coming to school as Shazam and, you know, Freddie getting picked on even more. The end of the film, Shazam does come to the school. And so, obviously, there's a bit of a redemption element there as well. Um, but, yeah, he does come to the school and eat his lunch with Freddie and the others. But more than that he also brings in Superman. <laughs> and it's it's a Superman cameo that isn't actually Henry Cavill. So you literally just see the costume from the neck down. You don't see Superman's face. But yeah, Superman comes in with a with a lunch tray and is about to sit down and fade to credits. And it's just a really nice touching moment and obviously in a meta-textual sense, by this point, Henry Cavill had been gone from the DCU. Like no one knew whether he was coming back or not. Um, and this was only like a few months after Justice League. No one knew if he would be coming back because of how badly Justice League had done. Um so to have that is a bit of a, a meta textual magic. It's like, oh no, Superman's still here, Superman's still in the universe. And then obviously the credits are then filled with sketches of Shazam interacting with all the other Justice League members. So that's pretty cool as well. Um, so yeah, that's for me. That's the the magic element, you know the the you know the act of kindness. But then there's also the feelings of happiness and joy. But they're quite heavily tied into a lot of the other stuff regarding um, family. So I'll get to that in a minute. So what have we crossed off? We've crossed off holiday tropes and cliches, atmosphere, magic. So yeah, we've got some of them. Right, nostalgia. Now nostalgia is kind of defined as like the the, the sort of the longing and the, the wistful affection for a period in the past. You know, you have nostalgia for something in the past. Billy has nostalgia for the time with his mother. He's got, like, one trinket that he holds onto desperately um, throughout a large portion of the movie. And it's, like, the last thing he got with his mother. And we actually see it in a flashback how he, he won it. He won it at the carnival with his mother that day, the day that he lost her. And he is desperate to try and find her he is wistfully trying to find his mother and he has that this theory that everything will be better if he finds her and ends up back with his mother everything will be better for him and his life and It's understandable with Billy being in the foster system I've not been in the foster system But I can only imagine just how hard it is Especially for people who know that their family is still out there Um, You know, in the same way that Billy is He, He got lost, he was separated from his mother He doesn't know that she abandoned him So I can see why that desire is there And obviously that sort of the wistful view of the past where it's like everything will be better if we get back to where we were. You see this a lot of times in um, politics, especially a lot of populist politics uh, are very much sort of, oh, we need to get back to a simpler time. You know, um, Reagan did it in the 80s. It was the the desire to try and get back to the nuclear family in the, the 50s Americana, but for the modern age. as it was at the time and obviously now there's people who clamour back for that and what we had in the 80s um you know both in america and over here in the uk and it's that that sort of everything was better before it's not it's not good now but it was better back then and obviously it's all it's always colored with a, a, a rose tinted glare and uh as one of my favorite quotes from bojack horseman says when you know when you look at things through rose tinted glasses all the red flags are just flags and there's a lot of red flags about the past you know there's a, you can have nostalgia for an era and you'll forget just how bad some of those things in that era were and you know it's clear as well from billy that he's he's deflecting a lot so some of which obviously he wasn't aware of he was very very young when he was separated from his mother but it's clear that they were struggling that she did not have a lot of money that she wasn't happy you know even just from that brief flashback that we get and so she abandoned him because she saw him with the police and genuinely thought he would be better off without her and it's it's quite sad and then you also get a counterpoint to this with um Savanna Savannah's kind of been tempted by the his original meeting with the wizard and he's very much kind of of the opinion that things will be better if he can get back to the rock of eternity if he can get the power that he needs the power that he deserves the power that he's is rightfully his by his um By his visualization Because obviously that's how he saw it That's how he sees it in his memories You know, that power was almost his And that it was taken from him You know um, Which gives him that longing for it You know, he wants to escape where he is And go back there So There's that aspect as well so yeah, nostalgia is probably one of the, the lesser elements that's running through, but there's it's definitely there, I think. And again, a lot of it ties into the overarching theme, which is family. So then you get the hope and redemption and family, and these are all kind of very heavily linked. So I'm gonna kind of cover them all together. To me, the core theme of the whole film is family. And not just family, but especially found family. You know, this foster family is a family that has found each other. You know, um, Victor and Rosa, they grew up through the foster system. They found each other through the foster system. That led to their relationship, which then led to them wanting to help other foster children. Um, And then obviously they've bought in you know, the other kids. They've brought in Mary, they have bought in Freddie, Darla, Eugene, Pedro, and Billy. You know. Um. And they, they want to build a family and and you know, <laughs> look after these kids. And there's a real strong desire for that. Like you can see how much uh Rosa especially instantly cares for Billy. And and for all the kids in general. Like uh, I, I'm not saying it's not there from Victor as well, because it is. But with Rosa, it's it's very, very clear that she feels a huge amount of empathy for Billy and everything that he's going through. Um, Obviously, I've already spoken about how Billy is determined to find his mother, but then eventually turns and embraces the family dynamic, the Vasquezes. You know, that that's the kind of... The, the hope and the redemption at the end of the movie, once they've overcome the villain, uh, you know, he redeems himself and joins back with his family after turning his back on them, after abandoning them. It's because his family, this new family that he has found, is threatened that he almost gives up his powers to Savannah. He almost lets the bad guy win because his family is threatened. And, you know, this is a family that he's only known, you know, he's only known these other children for a few days, but it's clear he's already quite strongly drawn to them and really cares for them. You know, there are not as many scenes among the kids. Uh, Obviously, most of the scenes of Billy in the film, he's actually as Shazam, um, and usually only interacted with Freddy, but there are scenes with billy uh well there's a scene with shazam interacting with mary which is quite nice there's uh, a couple of scenes of billy and Freddie interacting with Dala. um eugene and pedro are kind of underserved in both of the shazam films unfortunately um but that's a different a topic for another day but yeah there's some nice Connection and nice family moments Between them and it's like it's really Care it's really clear That their love And affection and just Genuine acceptance Of him really makes an impact With Billy You know this is why he's so Determined to help them at the end And so terrified When Shazam is able to when uh, Savannah threatens them You know and it It brings him into the family. It redeems him as a character. There's a lot that changes as a result of all this. And to me, that really works. That's one of the best parts of the whole journey is his evolution through the family dynamic. And in fact, the director actually said that was the reason why he sets the film at Christmas. You know, because like I said, this came out in the spring um spring late spring early summer and the director david f sandberg um you know revealed that it it took place during christmas and he said in quote it's it's all about family and like christmas time and this family holiday it's about finding your family with these foster kids and everything so yeah it's very appropriate for the story and he said, it just feels like a Christmas movie to me. It's about family and finding your family. You have these orphans or foster kids. And Christmas is very much a family holiday. So it sort of all ties together in that way. I mean, there's also an element that the Shazam story from the New 52 that introduced Shazam, I think, was also a Christmas story. So there's an element of that. Um, but, you know, that, that's one that really kind of expanded on the idea of the Shazam family. But, you know, it's Christmas is the family holiday, and this is a film, not just a family film, but a film about family. Family is at the core of the film. The Vasquez family, Billy's journey into and gradual acceptance of that family is the core part of the film. And so that works really well as a Christmas movie. Because so many Christmas movies work around family. And it's, it's even contrasted quite nicely with Savannah. Savannah, um, you know, is like the dark mirror of Billy in a lot of ways. You know, he, he actively kills his father and brother and has this huge rivalry and hatred with them. And their company, because the Savannahs own like a, a mega corporation, uh, the. The savannas have present this very family friendly image for the company. And it's like so the actions of the family, of the Savannah family, from the, the, the father who's played brilliantly by John Glover um, to Savannah, who's played by Mark Strong, through to um, Savannah's vengeance upon them, everything like that, it just it's completely eschews that whole family image it's like it's the complete antithesis of that image that's been presented by the company and you know that's the the image that they present is it's a very wholesome quote unquote family image but because of how because we see that back side of it with the savannahs it sort of reveals it as saccharine and fake and highlights just the the complete tonal mismatch of it and you know it can feel it highlights how disingenuous it really is basically and then so you contrast that with the the company boardroom the cut co- the scene where savannah comes in with the company boardroom kills his father kills his brother Unleashes the seven deadly sins on the board members. That's how he is treating his family. Quote, unquote, his family. Like, his actual birth family and then the family around his birth family with the board of directors. Because Savannah has clearly worked with them. He's not as active in the company as his brother and his father, but he's clearly worked with them. They they know who he is. That's how he treats his family. Counterpoint that to how Billy treats his family and how... Um, you know, how cold and sterile the boardroom is. I don't think we even see the Savannah family home, but just how, how cold and sterile the boardroom is and how Savannah treats the people around him and then contrast that with the Vasquez home and Billy and the kids. And it's very clear that they're wildly different and that they are clearly designed as mirror images of each other. But not just the mirror image, it's also how they tie into the theme. You know, this is a family... Christmas is a family holiday. It's a holiday about being with your family. And Savannah is someone who has a family, but would much rather be alone. Whereas Billy is someone who, at the start of the film, would much rather be alone. Or even better, with his birth mother And then as he goes through the movie with the lessons he learns and the encounter with his original mother as well um, and just how devastating that is for him. You know, how he goes from that to fully embracing his found family and deciding he doesn't want to be alone. He wants to be part of a family. A family that loves him and accepts him rather than just clinging on to this this wistful longing for the past You know And he puts He puts his source of hope Not in being with his mother But in being with his New family And you know That's where you get the family element That's where you get the redemptive element You know to me That is That's, that's what makes it A Christmas movie You know, it's... The themes that are in so many Christmas movies are all throughout this, throughout that family story. And this is a film that, to me, combines family fun, comedy, and just the idea of, like, yuletide joy to generate a film that I think really evokes Christmas spirit. You know, and if... You know, Christmas spirit is kind of a hard thing to define, anyway. But I think if you were going to define it, it's how someone acts who, who someone who loves Christmas, and how they show it by being kind to others. I mean, you know, we often talk about Christmas spirit and the spirit of Christmas, and the spirit of Christmas is wanting to, to give and to help people in need, and to, to be close with your loved ones. And that's exactly what happens in this movie. You know, the family are wanting to help Billy. They want to, to be with him. You know, Billy wants to be, by the end of the film, wants to be with the family. So yeah, for me, Shazam! is a Christmas movie. And it's one I've watched, I think, pretty much every Christmas since it came out. For that exact reason. Because, yeah. It's a Christmas movie. So, that's my argument as to why Shazam is a Christmas movie. I hope I've been able to convince some of you. Um, maybe some of you, like me, have already seen it as a Christmas movie and maybe even incorporated it into part of your Christmas watch list. Um If you haven't, give it a try around the holidays. I think you will enjoy it. I think it does work better watching it during the holiday season than it does just watching it on its own. Like, to the point that I have... Obviously, I've seen it multiple times, um, but I do prefer watching Shazam as a Christmas movie. Not just because it's set at Christmas. There's other films set at Christmas that aren't necessarily Christmas movies. Iron Man 3, for example, is another example of a superhero film set at Christmas... But I don't think Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. It's just a film that takes place at Christmas. You know, there's discussion in it of Christmas presents and things like that, but the theming, the the elements that make it a Christmas film aren't present like they are in Shazam. And... You know, not every film that's set at Christmas is a Christmas movie. <laughs> You know, Die Hard 1, definitely a Christmas movie. Die Hard 2, also set at Christmas? Not quite sure that's a Christmas movie. You know? Um, you know, we argue about the first one. We don't argue about the second one. Shazam, I think, it will it definitely falls into the category of this can count as a Christmas movie. So, yeah. As I said, if you are watching this on Christmas, uh, maybe go and watch Shazam now. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, if not, I hope you've had a very, very good Christmas. I hope Santa bought you everything you asked for. Um, if, you know, if you're not listening to this at Christmas, then, you know, may you have a good day regardless. And and may Santa bring you everything you want this year. Uh, Anyway, you all look after yourselves, my friends, uh, especially this holiday season it can be quite trying for some people. Um, obviously like I said the theme of, the, of uh, Christmas is family. If you, you know if you're one of those people who unfortunately maybe is not so close with your family or do not have um, a great family dynamic, I will happily adopt you. Uh, I will be your Christmas dad. I will tell you that I'm proud of you and um, that I think you're awesome and I think you're doing really well Um, it's something that you know, I think I think family is important at Christmas whether it's your own family or the family you choose and I think Shazam is a perfect example of that, it's the family that's chosen and obviously being queer myself as well you know, I'm fortunate I've got good relationship with my family but I also have a found family that I've chosen and that I'm very very happy with and I think that is something that's quite important and I think for a lot of people who maybe don't have that you can struggle and I I want you to know if you're struggling I see you and I think you're doing okay and I'm more than happy to speak to anyone who wants to speak to me you know you i've I've dealt with mental health i'm a mental health first aider i'm more than happy you know it's an important thing for me and i'm more than happy to talk to any of my fans who are struggling you know you make my life better by listening to this podcast so if you're struggling and i can make your life better and repay that kindness i will merry christmas everyone have a happy new year look forward to more episodes in the future. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you, my friends, for once again joining me on Gardo Goes Geek. Your continued support for this podcast means the absolute world to me, and I am grateful for every single one of you who stays and listens to one of my episodes. It means the absolute world. Now if you would like to engage more with me or the podcast we have a discord community small but growing and and we now have commissions open on Ko-Fi so if there's a topic you would like to see me cover you can pay me to cover it. All funds will be used for legal purchase of the relevant items where I do not have them. Have a look on the link tree for more information. Until next time, look after yourselves.